residents of Meeple Town, this is Dean. Johnny Marriage. And today we're going to be doing two reviews, one of Australia and another of Tiny Towns. Thanks for joining us for episode number 14. Town. If you were here right now, you would see Dean with a dress shirt on. He's got a nice blazer, but he's got on some shorts and some flippies. You know why, Dean? No. You're going to a hitchin', and you don't always dress... A hitchin'? What's a hitchin'? A marriage! Aren't you? Oh, you're from Michigan. You're, not from, you're not from Tennessee. Wait, wait okay. I've lived someone in t- is getting hitched. All right, that's different you've than never, saying a hitchin'. You've never heard someone say that before? No. I don't think so. I've lived here for twenty plus years, and I've never heard a hitchin. And you've, you've, you've. I was thinking it was like a kitchen, like a cross between a kitchen and a. I don't wow! Know. I got what what a way to open the episode. <laughs> and see, Dean, he's a pretty casual dresser That's for the true. most part, That's and true. so he has a business up top and party down below. <laughs> So he, when he goes to weddings, he's going to wear a blazer, but he's going to have his shorts and his flippies on. That's untrue. I also have a mullet, so. That's right. <laughs> That's what we do in Tennessee. And I call myself Johnny Marriage because my brother's getting married this week. So that's a little part of who I am. And dude, why is everyone gets married in the spring? What's the, what's the deal with that? I think this weekend is because it's, uh, so we're recording this on a Friday and May the 4th is tomorrow. So maybe a lot of people are having some like Star Wars weddings. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I think that would be cool. Yeah. But I don't know anyone that's doing that. Well, I'm going to a wedding tomorrow and I asked if I could dress up like, Dude, like Kylo Ren. And... That would be epic. They said no, didn't they? No, she said do whatever you want. Are you going, are you going to? Uh, I don't think my wife would approve of that. So I'm going to wear she couldn't shorts and flip something. Would she ever? Could you ever convince her? To be Leia, if you were the only two dressing up for a wedding, uh, no, no. If other people were doing not. it, she could maybe she would maybe join. I don't. Yeah, uh, probably. If it was like a Star Wars theme wedding, I think that. Would but be she's okay. not like one of those like let's just be ridiculous. I don't think so. Yeah, my my wife wouldn't do it either. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm ridiculous. I think <laughs> that's I would in do more that. ways than one. <laughs> you want to get to a pole? <laughs> yes, let's oh, do it. I don't think this time I'm going to get on my soapbox. Though I don't agree. We'll see. They didn't vote on who who I prefer. Now, I guess not agreeing is not the right word because it's a really popular, popular place. But Meeple Town, we took 16 fantasy lands. We narrowed it down to four. And our final four was Middle Earth, Hyrule, Narnia, Hogwarts. And Dean, I think you know who won. Okay, can I say something before we say who the winner is? I if I say no, would you not say anything? Okay, <laughs> since last episode, I, I, I'm not kidding about this. I've thought about Dinotopia on multiple oh occasions. Gosh. Like, I know I'm going back to that, but dude, oh. you're riding on dinosaurs. I, like, I don't think people understand how amazing that would be. Oh, that's, yeah, it's true. So I don't even care at this point. <laughs> I, I, I 100% though agree that most people, we talked about this last episode, cannot separate themselves from the intellectual property oh sure that if yeah. you love it you're going to say you want to live there yeah. whether in reality dinotopia would be way better maybe than one some of these places no don't say maybe like, it would be it would definitely maybe <laughs> it would definitely 
be amazing who to did you vote for did you vote for any of these top uh, final four i'm ones? like everyone else who could not separate myself from the ip probably i tried to i voted for hogwarts which i'm, I'm guessing really? one hogwarts dude it, it won it won 46 to 33 i will say that it started off blowing everyone it was like 70 percent out of the water and i was like are you kidding me like not that harry potter's not cool and stuff i just like wanted a more interesting battle but Middle Earth came back, okay, and it I, ended up at thirty three percent. I thought Middle Earth was going to win. I, I anyway, I I in my personal favorite, and this is because I can't separate myself is Narnia. I love mm-hmm. Narnia. Yeah, only nine percent, the lowest. High rule beat Narnia. Hmm, uh, that's surprising to me. Yeah, I, to an extent, I guess. But I I really actually I struggled with this one. I was. I was battling between Middle Earth and Hogwarts, and I I really love the Chronicles and Arnia, and I really love Zelda, but those I don't know they just didn't connect with me as a place I yeah. would want to live. So yeah, I just although I don't want to live at school dude, either. Know, so. It surprises me a little because you love Everdell so much. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to frolic with forest creatures that can talk? I mean, the reality but is, that really is that I don't want to frolic with anybody. <laughs> they might kind of stink and stuff in real life. You know, yeah. it might not be pleasant odors. I guess that would be cool, though. Yeah, but it's over. It doesn't so, matter. It doesn't matter. So congratulations matter. to everyone who voted for Hogwarts. You guys and gals are the winners, I guess. I don't know if that... But the real winners are those <laughs> are who children. live in Dinotopia <laughs> and ride on dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about some games we've been playing lately? Let's do it. You want to go first? Uh, Sure, yeah. So, go for it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about a game that's uh, that is a board game, but I'm actually going to be talking about the app that just came out for it, and that is Zombicide. And um, this is a game by Simon Games. There's lots of designers on this, but um, it's a game that came out in 2012. And I've played the physical copy of this board game a lot because I think it's a ton of fun. It's it's not like highly strategic or anything. It's just rolling dice and killing zombies that's exactly what it is and so when the app came out i was really excited about it um and i i really didn't know anything about it i thought it was a direct port of of the board game and it's it's not at all no it's more like um it puts you in this scenario like you have to go collect food from these different places and you do that and you're you know, unlocking characters along the way, and I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've enjoyed it quite a bit, and it and it gives me a little bit of taste of Zombicide, um, but not fully. The thing that I really like about Zombicide, or any of those like narrative type games, yeah. you know, like where you're um, super super thematic games like Zombicide, or um, I don't know, like you know, dungeon crawl type games. Um, the thing I really like is the player interaction with those. So, you, you know, you're, you're talking with the other players like, hey, let's go do this. And like, we'll go attack these zombies and protect you guys from going in here and getting these weapons or whatever. You know, um, that's the part I really, really enjoy about it. And it's not there in the app at all, which I mean, I didn't expect it to be. I think it's good. And I think it's worth the money. If you I was really going to ask like, you, like, if we're allowed to, if I'm allowed to, it's five bucks, I think. Yeah, right? it's five bucks. Would you, um, would you, would you pay five bucks for it? I I, I mean, you did. I did, uh, but now having played it and yeah. then done it, yeah, I think so. You would, yeah. I think Have you so. played it much since you bought it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. Then. Yeah, I played it. I played it quite a bit. We did a video for the um, for our YouTube channel just to kind of give an overview on what that it's was our like. best video watched so far. It is true, and part folks. of that it, part of that doesn't surprise me because it's such a popular game. Like, there's a, a ton of people. Uh, I mean, he, Dean botched this thing, and it still has 
a lot of views. I did? <laughs> you look like I was being serious or oh, something. Oh, no. no. It was I, a good video, Dean. Yeah, no, it, it was, was an good. amazing video. <laughs> I was, Top notch. I was kidding. <laughs> Don't lose your head over this. But it was nice. This is Zombicide. You, know? I, I, you understand that? Yeah, I'm just going to move on, though. <laughs> um, so anyway, yes, I would pay $5 for this. And if you like Zombicide... Um, or if you've never played Zombicide and you just want to give it a try, I think this is a really good way to do that because the the board game itself is is higher than that. I don't know what it, it's like 60, 60, 70 bucks on Amazon, something like that. Um, but if you have the right group, this game is a ton of fun. And I, I have uh, I don't have Zombicide the base game because one of my buddies, Steven, has a bunch of stuff for Zombicide. But I do have uh, Black Plague and Green Horde, which are like the fantasy version of the Zombicide, and I really enjoy those as well. Um, so anyway, cool. I, I really enjoy it. That's what I've never played the physical copy, nor have I played the app. But you know, I was kind of, I was kind of inching my son into going ahead and buying that app so I could give it a shot. <laughs> oh yeah. You ever yeah. do that? You ever ask your kids to buy stuff so that you can get to enjoy it and you don't have to spend your own money on it? Um, no, I've never done that. Uh, I've never done that either. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. what have you been playing? I want to tell you. I guess we're going to talk about some digital stuff to a degree today. Now this has an absolute physical copy, but I have only played it on Board Game Arena. Russian Railroads. I have been had many times suggested, it has been many times suggested to me to play <laughs> Russian Railroads. And I've always looked at it and been like, that looks pretty cool. It looks like something I want to play, but I've never brought it to the table. I was on Board Game Arena and I was like, dude, they have Russian railroads on, and like immediately beeline to watch a quick video, decide to dive in and play this game. And very briefly, there's kind of a, a decent amount going on, but 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 Russian railroads is a worker placement game. There's a lot of spots to put your workers, but it's not complex. That part is not complex at all. Then you're building these tracks on the Trans-Siberian, the St. Petersburg or Kiev uh, Railroad. And you have different color tracks. You start with black tracks, then there's, I think, bronze and silver, um, or silver first and then bronze. And I think there's five different colors of tracks. But based on where you're putting your worker, you're building these tracks. But what's interesting to me about Russian Railroads is as you're building the tracks, you're unlocking bonuses. It has the the kind of feel that Gonshan Clever gives you, like gave me whenever I get to a spot and I unlock it and go, wow. Now I'm not saying that it's anything like Gonshan Clever or anything, or if you don't like that, you would like this game, or if you like Gonshan, you're definitely gonna like um, Russian Railroads by any stretch. It's really not very similar. But what I mean by it may be a you may get your black tracks five spaces along, and when you do, you unlock the silver tracks. When you get the bronze three spaces on the Trans-Siberian, you unlock a new worker that you can use during the game. Um, and I, I'm just going to say this. I have played it probably eight to ten times, and I love it. There's so much strategy to explore in this game. For me, for someone who hasn't gone and looked up strategy that just wants to like figure it out myself... I think after you figure out the main strategies, from my understanding about this game, there's several, like two or three strategies that most people go for based on player count, but I haven't quite figured all of them out yet. So I'm having a blast. This game is amazing. Yeah. I This has been on my it's wish amazing. list for a long time. Simmer down there, buddy. It's a- <laughs> Dude, hey, it, it, speaking of being amazing, it's out of print so no one can buy it. Oh, boo. <laughs> but apparently you can play it on, on Board Game Arena. You can. You can buy it on eBay for like a hundred and something dollars. Is it worth it? Mm, 
Is I'd, any game worth it? Yeah, it's <laughs> for me. I'm. I, yeah, it's hard. For, it's hard to be worth a hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, unless add like a bunch of miniatures and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just gonna wait until something falls into my lap at some point. Is my thought. Yeah. Someone puts it on Geek Market, or I go to a con and someone's selling it for fifty, sixty bucks, and I just snatch it up. So if you go by the Tom Vassell, like hit the the Vassell law of. If a game is good enough, it will eventually be reprinted. So potentially, this could get. I've, another... I've googled it because I, I don't. I, there's not really many rumors, but there are people that are saying, "Yeah, I mean, dude, it's a great. It really, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's. Wait, what are they saying? It's a great. They're, no, they're saying that, that they want it reprinted. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm I was sorry. like on the edge of my seat. I need to finish <laughs> finish my statement before I move on to the next statement. Um, you know, and on B, BGG, it's got 500 and something subscribers. So I guess that maybe it's not super. That's not bad by any stretch. Sure, but oh, it's no, not it's like not, an overwhelming amount of, of folks either. So this is, this has been on my wish list for a while now, and but it's not like I put it on my wish list, but I never really like sought it out. I've had that's how I was. I've, I've had opportunities to play, but now that you say it's on on Board Game Arena, I, I kind of want to try that out. We will have a date since we're talking about marriage in this episode. Oh dear, uh, a Russian Railroads <laughs> online date. Our wives would really appreciate that. How long does it take to play online? Um. It's not too bad. Here, I'm looking at the at board... Uh, ugh, excuse me, I'm getting a little tongue-tied. On Board Game Geek, it's 90 to 120 minutes. Uh, I don't think it takes that long to play it online, because you don't have to... Because have to I would say stuff. this, there's, there's, I think there's a lot of calculating as you're playing this game that it might... I don't know if that'll irritate, or I would enjoy it uh, as I play the physical copy of the game, but it automatically calculates a lot of stuff. So I think that I play generally in about 40-something minutes, probably. Oh, okay. Depending on the yeah. player count. Easily yeah, under an bad. hour. If, if you and I just played like a two-player version, it would be under an hour, no problem. Mm-hmm. I would. But, um, I'm, I, I mean, obviously, I'd much rather play physical copies of game, but Board Game Arena is, is pretty cool in being able to knock out games and for sure. figuring out whether or not it's something you want to try. I'd a thousand times rather play a physical copy. Yeah. But it's that or my wife's just tired, you know, mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to play a game with me yep. or my buddies are doing stuff and I just want to sit down and play a quick game. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I think I use Board Game Arena mostly for learning new games and deciding if I want to purchase it, yeah. which is good. So publishers, put your games on Board Game Arena, really. Mm-hmm. I have bought several games, plenty of games, actually, from playing it on, yeah, me too, on Board Game Arena and going, that game's great. Like mm-hmm. If this game was Z-Man or someone else out there, if this game was reprinted, I would be the first one to purchase it, yeah. hands down. Unless it was $120. <laughs> but if it was a reasonable price, I'd be I'd be all over it. All right, well, that's what we've been playing. Let's get on to our overview and review of Australia. Australia. Australia is a one-to-four-player game published in 2018 by Stronghold Games, designed by Martin Wallace. The art is by James Colmer, plays in 30 to 120 minutes, and is for ages 13 and up. Australia is a semi-cooperative adventure game set in alternate reality 1930s inspired by another Martin Wallace game, A Study in Emerald. Players start with a port on the coast of Australia. From there they will build railways to allow them to mine resources and establish farms. Each person has a player board that represents the resources and military units that are present in your port. Players will be taking turns doing different actions, however each action has a time cost associated with it. When players and the old ones move their pieces onto or past the 53 spot on the time track, the game end will trigger and the player with the most points wins, or the old one wins if it has the most points. 
On a player's turn, they may take one of seven actions. They can build railways, mine resources in a hex they've already reached by rail, recruit help by taking a personality card to give immediate bonuses, continual help, or endgame scoring, buy military units for battling the old ones, import or export coal or iron, place a farm token in an empty space along your track in order to take gold and gain points at the end of the game, attack old ones by using military units, or retrieve cubes. When players take actions, they'll place a cube on that action space, and if there's already a cube on it, it will cost one gold per cube, so retrieving cubes at the right time is important as time and resources are scarce in this game. Once players have passed over the 22 space on the board, the old one begins taking turns until the end of the game. On its turn, it will be flipping tiles over revealing monsters and moving to destroy players' farms and trying to destroy the port. If a player's port is destroyed, then the game is over and the old ones win. Players will need to defeat the old ones because if tiles are left on the board, they'll be worth points at the end of the game and unflipped tiles will be worth double points. Once the game end triggers, players will add up their scores as well as the old one's score and the highest score wins. Now that's a brief overview of what's going on in the game, but the truth is there are a lot of different routes to take in this game to gain points. You can do that through personality cards, you can do it through defeating a lot of old ones. Really it just depends game to game how you're going to gain a lot of points. But ultimately players have to work together a little bit in order to defeat the old ones but they also still have to get the most points overall in order to win. Now let's head back over to see what we thought of Australia. All right, John, so a while back, as in like several years ago, a, uh, Stronghold Games, uh, 2015, they said, we're going to do a great designer series. And so they, they started off by coming out with Portra Nigra, which is by... Um, uh, Wolfgang uh, Kramer and, and Michael Kiesling, so Kramer Kiesling. Yeah. Um, and they've had 11 games come out. The newest one, the last one to come out, is Australia. Oh, you know, I didn't realize but, that we kind of have a theme going on. Zombie theme. A little bit. Yeah. A tad bit of a zombie theme. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to our next review, it definitely has zombies involved. T- tiny, <laughs> tiny towns? <laughs> Tiny zombie towns. That's the expansion coming out. That's, <laughs> that's zombies not true. attack the tiny towns. It's not true at all. None of that is true. However, Australia does have zombies in it. It's a Martin Wallace game, and I'm gonna let me start off by saying this, John. Uh, I don't know if you have either. I have never played a Martin Wallace game, which makes me really sad because I look at all of his games, and I'm like, I want to try like half of these. They look phenomenal. So why why do we do that? Why have I been looking at all these great games for such a long time and playing very few, if any, of them? Actually, I don't don't why we're idiots. Wow, I wouldn't go that far, but this is I, a family friendly <laughs> podcast, John. You need to calm down a little bit. I do think um, so. I have played Steam, but I've yeah. only played the app version of it, and I enjoyed it, but. I mean, as much as you can well, enjoy We've played far version. and few between compared to all these oh, glorious yeah. games. Oh, okay. I've played Brass, the app version of that, too. So yeah. I guess technically I've kind of played two other ones. But, man, like Few Acres of Snow, London, and Steam, and Railways of the World, and uh, uh, Discworld, and they just, like, redid that uh, game on Kickstarter. All these games I really, really want to play. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Australia. Australia. Why don't you start off by talking about the art and components? Amazing. Sorry, I, uh, can I tell you one word? 
that gets you me just every did. time. Amazing. Oh yeah, but no, but one word that gets me every time. Zeppelins. Yeah. I love <laughs> a Zeppelin. And whenever you see a Zeppelin on the box, see, and that's how you can get me, y'all. If anyone's trying to impress me, <laughs> since my reviews obviously are hugely important. <laughs> there's a ton of sarcasm with that statement. Um, but no, seriously. And crickets. I, I tell you, crickets <laughs> and sar- sarcasm and crickets. That's the story <clears throat> of my life, actually. The, the, um, I, I can't remember. This is actually said in, sorry, let me, let me read this. Let me read this, Dean, because I think this is really cool so that we can paint this picture instead of just kind of stumbling a little bit. So it says, Australia is an adventure exploration, one to four player game, whatever, set in alternate reality 1930s. And so it was inspired by um, Martin Wallace's A Study in Emerald. And it says, following the Restorationist War, the Northern Hemisphere lay, lands lay poisoned and starvation was the norm. Intrepid adventurers set out to explore and settle new lands. Little did they know, after the war, the surviving old ones, which are monsters and stuff like that, and their remaining loyal human armies made their way to the outback of Australia to lick their wounds. I want to read that because this game was ultra thematic. <laughs> We're going to get to that. But I say that to say it has this like World War One, this old school like war look. It's set in this alternate reality in the 1930s. It has Zeppelins. Um, it's cool man. yeah when you're looking it's at the box cool. cover it okay at the at the box cover at first glance you're like okay like war game with zeppelins or something like that like some kind of alternate but then like if you look in the binoculars and you see like cthulhu through the binoculars yes it's pretty fantastic it is awesome that's i like quirkiness a little bit that's yeah. I, you know root was something i grabbed hold of because of that and so to see this like And I do like this, like, old war games, especially whenever you add something to it. I like Scythe because it has that, like, alternate reality thing. It just, that grips me Mm -hmm. hugely. And so, yeah, to see that and uh, and then to have all this, the art is, the artwork itself is beautiful, too. It's great art, in my opinion. I love the art in this game. I'm I'm with you. I love the box cover art. I think the art on the, the board's kind of simple, but it's still, like... Yeah, it's, it's functional good. and good, and yeah. um, the the boards, like your player board art on those, the tiles are great. The components are really functional, and I'm not they're not bad by any stretch, but it's just like if you walk by a table and see this game, you might think like war game, which it you know does have that element of it, I guess. But it's um, the 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 things that you use, like the zeppelin, your your military units, yeah. your zeppelin, your um, your uh, what are your guys called the the uh, uh, infantry infantry like <laughs> your infantry the zeppelins all those other like trucks and stuff they're just cardboard counters with the yeah. information on there and so like the the table presence isn't phenomenal but it's super functional and you really can't do it any other way i don't think like like miniatures i don't if think you would have very well zeppelins. i mean you could maybe do that you know i'm a I'm okay with it, though I 100% agree the components are very functional, but don't blow my mind either. Right. Like, the cardboard's nice and thick. You know, the cubes, I, I do like how it's not just cubes, how the gold um, is a little bit different. The coal, you can actually, they're actually different shapes, and they look more like rocks and stuff, right, which I right. like phosphorus does as well, or phosphate, excuse me, does as well. Um but, it, it, but, but what I do like about it is it feels like this beautiful classic Euro slash Ameritrash 
combined together. Yeah. And the board looks like that when you lay it out. It looks like classic Euro, but then you have like, why is Cthulhu here? Yeah. Why are these Migos, these giant uh, <laughs> flying, flying, things, yeah. yeah, flies yeah. Uh, here, zombies, zombies in- but yet it looks kind of Euro-ish. And that really is temples super that spawn cool. other oh my creatures. Gosh. All right, let's move into gameplay because we're yeah, kind of let's do that. that but yeah, direction. I think both of us really enjoyed the art. Yeah, yeah. And then the components were, were were fine. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. We're gonna talk about gameplay. We've already kind of moved into theme. That's not usually one of our like topics that we necessarily talk about. But if theme is heavy in a game, that it's always brought up. Sure. This is a Euro game, but it is so heavy in theme. I yep. think like and oh, it's so cool. I like it. I oh, like the man. theme of this. I, I, I'm not gonna like run that in the ground because you've already talked about it. Yeah, but it it's is, different. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very. It's different. got this different feel, man. I mean, you're. Yeah, it's like a wants to take you back to a 1930s war game, but then all right. of a sudden there are all these crazy monsters. Yeah. Okay, you said it's different. The theme is different, which it absolutely is. The gameplay is, I think, really unique too. You know, because in a sense, it's kind of a rail game in that you're building rails across yeah. Australia. Hey, we need to say this first too. Oh, man, I was on I know, road. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah. because people, <laughs> this is a semi-co-op game. Right. I right. say that because I've I've thrown this out to a bunch of people like, oh, oh, Australia's a co-op game or didn't know it was or something. So let me say this so we can paint that picture. It's semi-co-op, meaning one of three things happens. The board wins and everyone else loses or someone else wins and the board loses and everybody else loses. And I, I say three. I think that there's a way that it could end in a tie. I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think there's some tiebreakers, but I think there could be. But anyways, let me paint that. So now Dean's talking about the railroads. So like it's it's kind of a rail game, right? You're building rails across. It, it's kind of a resource management game, um, or yeah. it is, you know, because you, you, you have to get these resources to spend to build rails. Um, to buy military units and things like that. There, There's the, the combat aspect. There's the 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 co-op aspect which we'll kind of get into that more um i'm not a big fan of semi co-op games always but if the it co-op part game. is kind of in the background like which i think it is in this game i mean you could totally lose and that would really stink uh and we came really close our last game to to losing um but if if it's mostly a competitive game but you're also like you have to work together on certain things to to make sure that everyone doesn't lose i'm okay with that and so um, but anyway, it's it's so unique. There's so many different like facets of this game, and yeah. and honestly, so many different ways to win too. Yeah, that that's you know I I I love the choices you have to make when you're playing this game because of the semi co-op nature, and because the board can win. I mean, this happened our last game. We were cruising. We felt like at the beginning, right? We thought yeah. we're owning these guys. Yep. We're owning the old ones. They're not moving because at some point in the game. At the beginning, you're just kind of building your engine of your army and different things like that and your rails and all this that you're building out of the board. Then all of a sudden, you awaken the old ones and they can now come attack you. You can not only attack them, but they can attack you. Mm-hmm. Well, we were handling them really well and picking them off. But what happened is towards the end of the game, we realized, wow, there's three different levels of old ones and three is the most difficult. There's a bunch of level three guys out yeah. here, which gives the board the most points at the end of the game. Yeah, And we hadn't done much attacking and so now we've gone from he and I really being kind of doing our own thing, more being competitive, mm-hmm. to going, oh, shoot, we better kill some of these guys, even if we have to work together or whatever, <laughs> um, or we're going to lose this game. Yeah, yeah. And I love those decisions. Yeah. 
It can be frustrating if you're behind and you think there's no way I'm going to win this game and there's a chance that the board could win, you could help that along. And that, that could yeah. be a, that would be a really potentially not fun Low game. blow. This yeah. is, I, I've heard some people say this and I would agree with this. Playing two players, that would be terrible. Mm. If you've got more than that though, they could probably stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to be that low and go, you know what? Just let them come because in this game, you went. It ends whenever it gets to like fifty three, a certain point, and because because your turns are based on time, mm-hmm. so the person who's gone last, who's in last, gets to keep going until they cross the first person, and every action you do costs a certain amount of time. Or the game ends when the old ones are dead, or the game, or or whatever. I'm sorry, or whatever. Um, so someone dies. All of their uh, sorry. I am just losing it when their port dies gets blown up I'm, I'm screwing the radio up now man <laughs> everyone has their headquarters which is at a port so if dean and what dean's referencing is if he thought i'm losing this game let's let the old ones come destroy my port it'll end the game right now there's a ton of old ones left on the board they're gonna score a ton of points and the board's gonna win forget you guys right right you yeah. could try that yeah that would be a not a good thing. A jerk move. Yeah, it would. <laughs> but I, if you know you're winning, if you know you're going to lose. I'd rather um, let the board lose than let my buddy win. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Which, you know, in that in that instance, um, and I think it's more likely in a two-player game, but in that instance, uh, if you don't like semi-co-ops, you're really going to hate that. Like you're, you, Oh, for sure. You know, but, but I think for me, the co-op is kind of in the background. Um, this last game in particular, it was... It was just weird because we had so many level three monsters that came out, and this was a two-player game that we were playing, and so it made it a lot more difficult. And actually, okay, so that that brings up a negative point for me. The randomness in this game of the tiles drawn can really not be fun. So in this game, that the last game that we played, we had uh, we had a ton of level three monsters, and we were actually more than halfway through before we even flipped any of those over, I think. Yeah. And the first ones that we flipped over were really strong, you know, the Cthulhu and then that whatever that second highest monster was. So like those flipped over and and we had to knock those out. So let's take that scenario and say that the ones that we attacked were really low ones. Yeah. And we didn't get to flip over the really strong ones. Then potentially, and if they're not flipped over, their their points are going to double. Double for the board at the end. We would yeah. have lost yeah. if that was the case. No, we didn't. Uh, I lost, but <laughs> but again, someone we could go back and go. Well, you guys should have been attacking them better, right? And right. that's probably true, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's, that's true. absolutely true. But you're right, though. I agree with that. Like, I think that the Cthulhu card, but maybe that makes it interesting. I don't know. Like, I get what you're saying, though, because the Cthulhu card is worth 12 victory points, I believe. <clears throat> um, so if you kill him, you get 12 victory points. If he's on, if he's alive at the end of the game, flipped over, I mean, flipped on his face upside, he's worth 12 victory points. If he's face down and you didn't realize that Cthulhu was in that one spot, he's worth 24 points for the board. That's going to be difficult to overcome, unless it's the only one and he didn't blight many farms and just some other ways they score points. Right, you can definitely overcome it. Yeah, but but I'm just saying that's that's tough. Yeah, that, that would that probably would have put over the top and the he the board probably would have won. Yeah, in in that game that we played, we scored in the low 30s, I think, if, if I remember right. I think we no, or maybe I got, high. It was like 39 to 37. I think. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, all right. So yeah, that would have been, um, you know, not half points, but 
24 out of, you know, if that And the board been... scored about 20, a little over 20. So, yeah, yeah. that would have that would have maybe flipped it to we would have lost. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that's... Well, I know. That's not enough to, to really sour no, my and taste that, and again, game. that makes me go, is that... it's I, I, I see the negative aspect, but the positive is you're always thinking that card could be there. Yeah. That tile yeah. could be there. Cthulhu could be there. Mm-hmm. And if we don't go and try to see if Cthulhu's there, we're in trouble. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. like that, too. So I don't know if I would... I don't know. Maybe I would miss it if it wasn't there. I don't know. Right. Don't yeah. Know. Okay. So I'm going to go back for a second. You talked about the countdown mechanism. Uh, when you take your actions, you're spending time, which is, you know, it really, when it comes down to it, you have 50, 53 units of time in the entire game. Depending on the player count. Dep- right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. So in a different spots. Like two player game, you actually have like, what is that? 51, maybe? I don't know. I can't I don't, remember. I don't remember what it is. But anyway, um, so around that 50 mark is how many how many units of time that you're going to be able to take. I think that's such a cool mechanism. I oh, yeah. actually love it. But at the same time, it makes for really difficult decisions. Oh, gosh. So I keep going back to our last game, but that's I think it's it was a good example of a lot of different things. But So in our last game, I could have put out farms all over the place, and I yep. needed to. And I had the, the personality card that said... If a monster hits that farm, it loses two. It, it adds two uh, attack cubes on it, and uh, so if that knocks out a monster, my farm doesn't get blighted. I don't lose my farm. So that was a really great card to have. But in order to really take advantage of it, I needed to get a ton of farms out there. But farms use up a lot of time. For each yeah. farm you put out, it's a unit of time, and I was trying to put out three at a time, and so like I had to make this decision towards the end of the game. Do I attack these monsters because we could potentially lose the game, or do I put farms out yeah. there so that I can get a lot of points? So I love that aspect of the game. Yeah. I think it's fantastic that you have to make those decisions uh, based on time, how much time you have. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's great. I mean, it's I I really general general generally like games where the person in the front is last, mm-hmm. and so you have decisions based on. You know, there's games where you're like, I can take this tile, but it'll move me up two on the rondelle or whatever track I'm on. So I can can go twice before Dean gets another chance. I love those decisions. There's a lot of, you know, this game, the weight is 2.92. That's accurate to me. I mean, it feels accurate to me. (laughs) My stamp of approval is the only one. (laughs) That sounds about right. You have to learn some things about the combat and how that works and stuff off the bat. But after you learn everything, it's pretty simple and straightforward. It's sure. fairly simple and straightforward. Yeah. Um, I think a new player to the hobby would be overwhelmed by this game, but I think anyone who's played a few games would probably. Oh, maybe not overwhelmed, but I think after they figured out how it's played, it's it's simple and it's straightforward. Um, and, and another thing that Dean didn't mention is that whenever you're taking actions, one thing that's interesting is not only is it based on what time you move forward, but if you've already done an action, to put another cube to do an action it's going to cost you a gold for every cube that's already there. And gold is a very valuable resource in this mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So Martin Wallace puts you in a lot of interesting choices in this game. Yeah. You know, do I, do I go ahead and, and do that action again, which costs me a gold or do I put my action cube on a spot that lets me retrieve all my action cubes. And so I'm going to be able to do that for one less gold. I won't have to spend my gold next time, but it's going to cost me a time. And time, like Dean said, is so valuable in this game, especially when you unlock the old ones. Mm-hmm. And like every, basically every time you do one or two moves, they're going to do something. Right. One or two moves, they're going to do two moves or something like is that basically. And yeah. so you've got to really, it's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
That would be one of my um, negatives, by the way, is like constantly having to flip those cars over for the old ones. Right. I get a little tired of that. Yeah. Because it happens so frequently. Yeah. Yeah. I would almost rather them like make six movements or something and then me play a few more rounds and then let them unlock and do more movements instead right, of like right. it's literally like every other turn right and that and that's my that's one little knock i have on it. yeah it is it definitely slows down the game a little bit but but i think it's fine with those cards they also they're used for combat which i think combat in this game is is really cool yeah I, oh yeah. yeah and it's simple yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, and I, you know, I've, I've already talked about that in the overview, but you know, the, just the general idea that you're flipping over cards and and certain units are better than others for yeah. combating uh, different monsters. So I, I think that's really cool. I think it is too. And I think here's um, I'm I'm going to say that my probably favorite part of the gameplay before we get to our ratings and everything are the personality cards. The personality cards are cards that you put into your tableau, and some of them are spent like one time, like it might decrease the amount of time it takes to build railways or whatever. Or it may be a permanent part of your tableau, which a ton of them are, that do things like if you have an artillery, if you send out an artillery unit in your expedition to combat an old one, you automatically get to do a damage. So it has like a a small like engine building strat part of this game where you're building this military engine even maybe yeah mostly it's military for the ones that stay yeah yeah for the, uh, the other ones you can do things with your farms and stuff but most of those are one one-offs but you're kind of building or, this or in game scoring or in game scoring right. that's a great point too which is what some of the per- so when you're choosing the personality cards there's a lot of choices to make yes. do i want in-game points do i want to make the time easier right now to build some farms or to build railroads or do i want to build my military engine because mm-hmm. like last game we'll refer to that i had it to where i was hitting three damage you know before i even started the battle Right. Which helped me kill Cthulhu. I would not have killed Cthulhu and won the game if I didn't have that already built up. Yeah. yeah. And that was worth 12 victory points, which was huge for me. And so, that that's, that's And I love building engines. That was quite the engine that you had. Yeah, built. I love building engines. Yeah. And you know, so fun. in some games when you have personality cards like that, they don't, you can look at them and say, you know, there, there are these cards that never get picked, right? The, the ones yeah, that, but these that have you a just lot don't, of great ones. you don't use. In this game, it might not work for your strategy that you have, but... Most, if not all, the cards in the game. You could can go. Be I could see myself using that. Really useful. Yeah, yeah I could. Yeah. I agree with that, and I think that's going to be what helps. Uh, one of my ne- one of my maybe negatives is I'm slightly worried about replayability, but maybe not. You know what I mean? I mean, I am slightly worried about it, but I think that those help to to mitigate that because there's a lot of different personality cards. Yeah, but you. The thing is, it's not like. I think the personality cards and the way the board's set up really kind of dictate how you how you pick your strategy. It's right? true, and so that's going to change depending on what cards are out there. Because it's true. Like, if you don't have gold, then you might want to grab one that has more gold. Right, right. Yeah. Because I've you know I've played in a game where I've really try to bolster my army with those personality cards like what you did in that last yeah. game that you were talking about but then in another game i got uh, uh this is i think this is my first game of playing this i i got victory points based on how many old ones that i had killed which won me the game right i just focused yeah. on um, you also killing got some small phosphate, ones, so. uh, or fo- was phosphate yeah it's not like he you also did well with that and i didn't get any of those right and it right. caused help you do it that was like six extra points yeah but all that's dependent on on the way the board's set up so yeah. you have to you that's really have to yeah. you know tactically make these decisions of you know if there's if there's a lot of gold in the area where i set up my port well i need to take advantage of that right i need to buy a lot of yeah. military units i need to to use the gold to be able to take extra actions all those benefits that you can get from having gold yep 
but you might you know you can go a heavy rail route on uh, rail like strategy sure. on this game right so there's a card that says you get a victory point for every one every three uh rails that you have out on the board which is huge if you yeah. if you can get all the iron and all the coal and everything that you need to build uh, to build your rail. So there's sure. lots of different strategies. For sure. Man, there's a lot to this game. Let's get on to yeah, let's do it. Let's our rate final it. thoughts. Do you want to rate it first? you want me to rate it? I want you to go first. Yeah, okay. So um, as I mentioned, there's... Man, the theme is cool, but the mechanics, the choices that you have to make, the choices you have to make because it's semi-co-op, just, it's just make, it leads to a really fun game, a fun experience. And... I've given you the, you know, my only concerns, I mean, there's just a couple of minor concerns I have. And like, I've played it, I think, four times now. Um, I'm a little concerned that it gets samey, but I, maybe it won't. I want to play it at a lot of different player counts, too, which I haven't experienced. And I think that would really change the game. I really enjoyed this game. I'm just going to go on out there and give this thing a 9 out of 10, man. I, yeah. I, it was fun. It, it was fun. I, I really like it. It was a little bit of a surprise for me. Yeah. I've seen it. It's been on my radar. I, it was on sale on Amazon. I said, let's just pick this thing up. Let's talk about it on the podcast and have had a blast playing it. Yeah. So 9 out of 10, it's a phenomenal game. Yeah. It's funny because when you when you reached out to me to say, hey, I'm picking up Australia I was like, oh, that's cool, because it was not at all on my yeah. radar. I've seen it, and I've heard that people like it. It just, you know, some of those games, it's not that the theme didn't grab me or anything. It's just I wasn't interested. Yeah. Wow, did this game blow me away. Sweet. And, you know, part of that is part of that is the fact that I had zero expectations for it's it. It's always nice. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I love, I love a lot about this game. Not quite as much as John, um, but I'm close. Like, I, I'm, I put this at an 8.5. Wow, which is good. really good. You know, something, this is a game that I, I like a whole lot. I'm I'm not often going to turn down a game of this, right? Yeah. Uh, this is one that I'm going to I can't really play. see myself turning down games of yeah. this. Unless I had just played one and someone else, I mean, had something fun to play. But besides, excuse me, besides that, a little hiccup. Um, I Man. It's fun. It's, it's a fun so, game, dude. It's so fun. And I, it, man, it's nice to have a game where where you you don't have expectations you go into it and you're blown away yeah. like that's just such a good feeling so it's also cool that i haven't explored this but i heard the cooperative there's a cooperative version though that's semi-co-op you can play this co-op mode yeah. fully co-op and i'd like to play that i think that would be really fun yeah. um, and i've heard good things about it so yeah and it, you know we have we've never played on the other side of the board either which you know yep. really takes out your your resources. you know I, I say samey and i worry about it but there's a whole other side of the board yeah. so maybe uh-huh. i'm just don't know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, obviously, I love the game. 9 yeah. out of 10 is... I haven't given a whole lot. 9 <laughs> yeah, out of 10 um, for I this. I, you know, I don't think this game needs an expansion, but you could easily add expansions. With, I mean, I say easily. I'm not a designer, but, you know, adding new personality cards would be huge. Yeah. Like, there's lots of different ways you can expand I without wish... adding too much. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You're, You're fine. Right. No, I, I, that, that was one thing that I wish... If it was a little more complex, I could it could have even gone up higher for me. Like, I think... Building farms and railroads, cool railroad tracks is cool. But if maybe there was one or two more things I could have also built, right. that would have led to a few more choices to make. It could have really bumped it up there. So that's why I just say that to say, if they come out with an expansion, I'm I'm going to be all in on it. Yeah, especially if I think it would do that. So what about the seven point six? I mean, we obviously both agree with that on Board Game Geek. Yeah, the funny thing is, so it's rated a 7.6, but the rank overall is 741, which I think is low, honestly. Um, and it may keep crawling. I mean, it's only, it's a 2018 game, right? It, it is, but there's, it's, I don't think there are as many ratings in this, which is 
probably why. But I think, you know, it probably flew under the radar of a lot of people. This is a theme that doesn't grab everybody. You yeah. know, like, oh, another Cthulhu game. No, it's There's right. a ton of them out there. No, it's right. But it's so different. It's It gives me the feel, I'm going to kind of jump into a different thought, but it gives me somewhat of a feel of Scythe that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, it does. Um, it's a Euro game that is heavy in theme in, in a, this alternate reality, which I think is is so cool. I love both of those games, yeah. these games. They're fun, both really fun. All right, so here's the thing. We, we like to give ideas of games that... You know, what would you recommend to somebody if that you know? Because this is a little heavier game; it's almost a three, I guess. Is mm-hmm. there something that you would recommend huh. outside of this? Wow, I, I mean, <laughs> the co-op nature makes me say something like Pandemic. I mean, it does give you some right, of that feel, right. like or Rain that, of Cthulhu Pandemic or something. Yeah, like, that. like yeah. it made me because, like in this game, if you can control the old ones, you can be okay. Like Pandemic, but whenever it explodes, you're yeah. like, oh no, we're in big trouble. So if like if semi co-op, you're not interested in. Now, most of the people listening to this, I'm going to guess, have probably played Pandemic, but maybe not. Sure. We, we yeah. really want to have this podcast and say things for folks that are new to the hobby is why we say things like this. What Do you do you have anything that you wanted to... It's so unique. I just I, I really struggled trying to yeah. think of something else because there's not anything quite like this game out there, I think. But I would say I would say Pandemic would be a, a good alternate, alternate to that. Alternate to it, yeah. All yeah, right. For sure. And the last question... Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Now, you paid a lot less. It's 50 bucks on Amazon, roughly. I paid 40 bucks. Yeah, okay. it's like $53 on Amazon right now. Yeah, you can pick up used copies um, for, it, for 40 but... Is it worth is it worth it for fifty or sixty whatever that you would? It's fifty three dollars on Amazon. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I would, I would agree. There's, there's a, a lot in of the, the box. box. Yeah. I mean, there's it's it the I mean, it's just a great. I, if I rate something nine out of ten, I ought to say yes to anything. I think fifty to sixty bucks. Yep. I. I yeah. Totally agree. Stronghold, you knocked it out of the park. John gives it a nine. I give it an eight and a half. Let's look at Tiny Towns. <laughs> Tiny Towns is a 1-6 to player game published in 2019 by AEG. The designer is Peter McPherson. The artists are Gong Studios and Matt Paquette. Plays in 45-60 to 60 minutes for ages 14 and up. In Tiny Towns, players take on the role of a mayor of a tiny town in the forest. Each player will start with a 4x4 grid player board in front of them, and cards will be displayed for all players to see different buildings for that particular game. Every game will have a cottage and six different other buildings, but each of the other buildings will be one of four options. That being said, each game will play out differently based on the cards that come out. Each player will also choose one of two monuments dealt out secretly. These buildings will be unique to each player. In the normal game, the master builder will call out one of five resources of their choosing, either wood, wheat, brick, glass, or stone. All the players will then take said resource from the supply and place it in an empty square on their board. Players can then build a building if they're able. I'll get to that in just a minute. The next player will become the master builder and they call out another resource and play will continue like this until players are no longer able to build in their town. In order to build a building, players are trying to place their resources on the board with the configuration matching a particular building card. For example, let's say a player desires to build a tavern. The tavern card shows a line of three resources, brick, brick, and glass. Players will need to place their resources on their board with that configuration in order to place a tavern. That player can then take the wooden tavern piece and place it on the square of one of those resources and remove the rest of the resources. The tavern will then score points at the end of the game based on how many other taverns are placed on the board. Again, once players can no longer place pieces on the board, the points will be tallied up and the player with the most points wins. 
Before we get on to the review, I did want to mention the Town Hall rule variant, because John and I actually prefer to play it this way. Instead of players calling out their resources of choice, players will be drawing cards from the resource deck. Players will draw a card, place that resource, draw a card, place that resource, and then for the third resource that round, players will decide individually what resource they would like to take to place in their town. I hope this gives you a general idea of how to play Tiny Towns. Now let's get on to the review. Alright Meeple Town, so I saw this little game uh, popping up around the webs, the interwebs, uh, for the last, what, several months, right? And that's Tiny Towns. Uh, I've just seen a lot of folks talk about it, Um, uh, some videos that have been made, some reviews, folks that have gone to cons and gotten a chance to play it here and there, and I listened to a few podcasts, you know, I listen to podcasts, I do podcasts, I listen to podcasts, and I was intrigued, first of all, by, um, I can't remember which Kabbalist really enjoyed this game. One of I was listening to the Secret Cabal and one of them said this was a, re- a surprise for him. Jamie did a video. I think, I think was it Jamie? Mm-hmm. I think it might have been that said it was this was a surprise, really enjoyed the gameplay. And so that really drew me in even more to go, wow, I, you know, I'd really like to to look at Tiny Towns and uh, thank you AG for sending a copy of Tiny Towns uh, so that I was able to give it a play. I showed it to Dean and we thought, man, let's go ahead and let's talk about this on the podcast. Now, Tiny Towns isn't officially, you can't order it online until May 10th is when it's fully released, which will be right after this podcast yeah. is released mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, I, that, I think May 10th is Friday. Okay. Is next Friday? I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> soon Anyways, after the podcast soon release. After, yeah, a few days after the podcast release, this will be available online. Um, and so, Dean, let's just go in with the art and components real quick. What do you think about the art and components? Nailed it. I think nailed it. Yeah, wow. I think I think the arts. I think the arts really good. Um, it's it's not super detailed. Um, it's functional. The building the the building art. You know, they're bright, vibrant colors. I think that's that's good. The the building meeples are I think great. I really like them. Uh, my one complaint, and I'll keep this pretty brief. But my one complaint are the um, I forget what they're called. The stone buildings or whatever. Like, yeah. Right? I'm- I don't know, but they're the the millstones. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So they look like a resource when it's actually supposed to be a building, and I kind of get small. that right. And now all the resources are cubes, which I think are what you need in this game because you don't want too much confusion. Yeah. But the millstone thing, I don't know. I get it confused with resources sometimes when I'm looking, you know, glancing at my board. But I like it. You you're making a face that tells me you don't like it as much. No, as I no, do. no. I was I was <clears throat> I haven't experienced that as well. I was making that face. Like I could see why you would think it was the same, but I've never because thought. Of, I just never thought it was the the cube, I, the resource. So that's why I was making that face. Um, I thought that I think the art is mediocre. I'm not a big fan of it actually. I love the whole idea. Mediocre. Yeah, you know, it's just not that. It, it's not that detailed. It reminds me almost like of bad CGI. Like I don't. I know that sounds silly. I don't know if that's. Let me see the box. Can you hand it to me? Do you I mind? don't want to. Do you <laughs> mind handing me the box? Sorry, Dean. Like um, your old eyes, you can't see him. I, I, it's better than mediocre. Come on, really? It's okay, man. I mean, your art is subjective, so do what you want to do. But yeah, I mean, it's like the buildings and stuff. Like, there's just. I just think I like a little more detail. It looks a little. It's just my. It's just my taste, my flavor. You know, it remind again. This is what it reminds me of, and you can yell at me if you don't agree. But it reminds me of just cheaper CGI videos compared to like something Disney or Pixar would come out with that's super detailed and phenomenal. It kind of, to me, it has that little bit of a feel. I'm not hating on it. 
it's it's okay. Yeah, mediocre so, doesn't mean it's bad. It's not bad, right? It's medi- It's okay. I think if if this game had a map with that art on it, I wouldn't like it as much. But the art is used on the cards, and it's just a building, right? Like there's not much detail outside of that. Yeah, and I'm okay with that because I think it's functional. I this art isn't the best in the world, but I like it. I mean, it's I okay. think it's I think yeah. it's better than mediocre for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean not. <laughs> me thinking not oh, i felt like kevin from the office right there i mean it's okay though it's not and again that's i hope that people don't hear me say mediocre and think that means it's bad it's not bad it's just meh now i will say that i like the i like the buildings well i mean that's the whole game the, right I'm, I'm talking about the building cute uh, oh i got you a minute yeah. not minute wooden wooden building yeah. pieces they're nice yeah they're cool and the and and stuff but you know okay it's it's bright, it's vibrant. I it's, like it. Yeah, it's okay. Gameplay. Let's get on to <laughs> I gameplay. I like how we disagree a little bit on that. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you? Oh, I actually had you open up on the art and components. So I'll start off with all gameplay. Right, you then. got it. Um. All right. So in Tiny Towns, Dean's already explained this, but we're we're picking up resources one of two ways, depending on the the way you're playing it. Now the I wouldn't the base rules, the main rules state. That the person who is has the hammer is the first player, and they're the master builder. And they say, I want glass. And they demand that everyone picks up glass. <laughs> and they put it onto their tiny town board. Now, this board is only 4 by 4 There's not a ton of spaces. It's a tiny town, right? Mm-hmm. Which leads to a lot of interesting decisions I'll talk about here in a second. But you put that resource on the board. Now, you have to put it on a spot that there's nothing else there. So if there's already a building there, if there's already a resource there, yeah, you can't put it down. And so you're only putting down, I mean, there's 16 spots. Right. Which starts to really, fairly quickly get to less and less and less yeah. spots. And you're like, oh, yeah. no, where do I put this thing? But um, what you do is you put the resources down. And then there's the different buildings. And I like how there are different building configurations because I think there's about four of almost every color except for the cottage, which is always in every every single one and there's seven different buildings that you can build well based on the way the resources are the configuration on the board you're trying to put them in a certain configuration so that you can then put a building on one of those spots so you may have a wood resource and a stone resource next to each other like dean mentioned like a millstone and if a wood and a stone are next to each other you can turn that into a building right into a millstone or whatever but it has this tetrisy feel because a lot of the way that the buildings are shaped in the order that you have to get the resources in um uh i like that yeah i like that you lay the resources down to then put a building there later on and that leads to some decisions man Yeah. yeah it gets crunchy quick in this game yep and yeah. I, I like that. And, like, you know, I, I pick up this game, and the weight here on Board Game Geek is 1.75. Probably. It depends on how you view weight. Some people view weight more along the lines of how complex are the decisions mm-hmm. versus, like, chess, incredibly complex. But really, when it comes to teaching someone, it's not complex. Right, right, yeah. So, but if we're talking about just, like, how to teach someone how to play the game and stuff, it's not very complex. But the beautiful thing is, is it leads to complex decisions. Yeah, All right, I'm going to be quiet for a minute. Yeah, you have to think through those decisions. But the, the the tough part in that is, so when you're playing the main game and you get to call it out, you have some control over yeah. that. Um, I didn't mention the other one yet. Right, Thanks. so so you have some control over, or, over what's going to happen, which, uh, I'll just say this briefly, but when you're calling out the, the resources, you're more aware of what's going on with the other player. For sure. Right? 
um, you're paying attention because you can really hose them, right? If you see, okay, if they you put this cube out there, destroy this type of cube, that's really going to mess that up. So it can get pretty nasty, but the, the player interaction for that that way of playing the game is a lot higher, okay? For sure. However, the other version, when you're flipping over the cards, you flip two cards over it so it's random, and then both players, or however many players, you know, that you're playing with they all take the cube of the color that they want and it doesn't impact the other player at all um so i'll i really like that right i like the way that you can play those different versions of the game i actually prefer the non-interactive way of playing that more um because uh i don't know like it doesn't bother me that randomness but you still have control over what you're putting on your board but it's not like it's not a nasty way of playing it right no and it makes i think it's harder Depending on the player count. Sure. Yeah. Like, I'll say this, a, a negative to, to this, and Dean has not experienced this. We've had this conversation, so maybe it's just me. But I've played a couple rounds with my wife where we looked at the buildings that were laid out. And sometimes, on, I mean, sometimes the buildings work together really well. Like, they combo each other. Because when you play a building, I did not mention this, it's going to be scored based on what the card reads. And right, the card right. may read, cottages score three points for every cottage that's fed. Or it may be this building scores a point every time it's adjacent to Y building. X building is adjacent to Y building or whatever. So sometimes the configurations based on the random draw, if you do random draw, flow well um, and aren't that complex. Sometimes it doesn't flow well and it's highly complex, which I enjoy better, to be to be frank. The couple of times that it seemed like it was just really simple, it seemed like there was one overarching strategy that was simple. And my wife and I almost were doing the same thing for like half the game literally putting them in like going for this and she's going glass good that's what i wanted i'm going stone yes good that's what i wanted brick okay that's what she wanted yes good this and we were like and it was kind of boring yeah I, that would be i've not experienced that at yeah. all yet but i i, Maybe I would say overall that's that's probably not going to happen but but that's another reason to like the other version better i i do and that's a two-player game though if right, you had like right. four or five people you're all probably not that's not you're not going to experience that so. right oh yeah absolutely because you're not all going to be on the same wave same wavelength or going for, sure. for the same strategy but i do like uh and and potentially dislike how those cards work together um you know because you can look at them and say oh man this would be cool if i could you know get this uh you know get this food engine going and put a bunch of cottages out there and like yeah. that's going to be my strategy or depending on like if the um what is it the almhouse or the uh that other green, tavern the the tavern you know one of those green buildings it you you get points for having more of those out on the board yeah. um so that's a cool strategy to go with but the thing is like you really and i think this is a really cool feature of the game you can't just focus on one area because other resources are going to come out. And that's that's another reason why I like the version where you're flipping the cards over. Yeah. Because, you know, wheat's gonna come out, but you might say, that's not a strategy a strategy that I want strategy that I want to go with of putting buildings out that that have the wheat building material in it. Yep. But the truth is you you have to, right? Because otherwise it's you're going to be called. Yeah, you're going your board's going to fill up with wheat with nowhere to get it. Now there's, yep. you know, like the warehouse you can put them in there, but you're going to lose points for doing that. Yeah. I think that's cool. And th- again, another reason why I really like flipping the cards because you're forced to use all the resources. It kind of reminds me of a welcome to or like a flip and write yeah. game when uh-huh. you're doing that even though you're not writing anything down. Yeah. And I think the the beauty of that is one thing that I really enjoy about this game is that you can play 100 players if right, you had that right. many games. I think it would be so fun to have five or six tiny town games 
like bingo style, having someone lead it. You know, we need to do a con sometime, Dean, and do a Tiny Towns, like, fun, you know, let's all get together. I think that it's perfect for something like that. Yeah. And I yeah. really like that. I totally agree. That would be a lot of fun. That would yeah. be a good a good con game or one that you could do, like, live online, something like that. Yes. You know? Speaking of, I'll just briefly say that I have done a Tiny Towns play along with John. <laughs> play along with John. A video it's, that is going to be released on May 10th, whenever Tiny Towns comes out. It, um, AG encouraged, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. Hey, they sh- sent me this thing and said, "Hey, why don't you try to play it? You know, play along video because we want to encourage it with this game because you can do it." Yeah. So I want to encourage everybody on Meeple Town to on May 10th go check it out and play along. And yeah. I, by the way, I did terrible, so you're going to be able to easily beat me, and then you can make fun of me. That's true. You can. It's, it is difficult <laughs> to do a video, try to explain a game. It really is. You should try it. Try to explain a game. Try to think about what how to keep the conversation going yeah. instead of it being boring and you just sitting there thinking and making decisions quickly while you're doing a video. It's more complicated than you think. Yeah, and this is going to be in you know. We could we could talk about this forever if we wanted to, I guess. But one of the big points I wanted to talk about was the solo play in this game. If sure. you're a solo player, and I'm not, however, this this was fantastic. I'll get to that in a second. So if you're a solo player who likes um, who likes puzzly type games that you can play pretty quickly, this is absolutely your game because the way AEG is going to do this, they're releasing a ton of videos, like John said. You can just go on and play against the computer players, and it's a ton of fun so john put out this video and i wanted to get an extra play in um just to and he wanted to beat me so he could rub it in my face because he said his score was bad and i wanted to see what i could do so i put some headphones on played this game against the computer but it didn't feel any different than when i was sitting down and playing with john so oh man that was because he beats me every time that was a blast (laughs) and actually just that aspect of it bumps it up a notch for me for this game that's cool uh, because i think that feature is so unique and i want to see ag do more of that and i want to see other companies do more of that where you cater to the solo players where you're not losing the experience of the Mm. main game right yeah and kind of like what you said with zombicide right 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 you you lose that that feeling like you're playing with other people and stuff and that what was a which is a pretty big was a negative yeah yeah all right so let's get on to our final thoughts and um and our ratings so for me uh this is a fun game it's it's not a heavy game it's a puzzly game which i think is fun it has some of that like tetrisy type style um without it being like a polyomino game right um it's it's easy to teach the the cards allow for a lot of variability um so for me, normally, I would say this game is probably a seven, a good game that I'm willing to play. But honestly, that that solo part of it, uh, and the and and the the fact that you can play with the drawing cards or the other way, um, it's enough to bump it up to a seven point five for me, which that's is a good a, score. that's a really good score. I really didn't I didn't anticipate this getting such a high score from me because it is a lighter game, yeah. kind of puzzly games, and I have a decent amount of those. But anyway, yeah. seven point five. No, that's good. Um, so I thought it was fun. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I've mentioned that I like how you can do just such a plethora of player counts. So cool. Solo, like Dean said, all the way up to 100 players if you had a ton of the Tiny Town games. I will say this about the game. Though it is simple to teach, it is punishing. And we didn't mention <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Like, if you make a mistake or two, game over, man. Yes. Game over. Yep. 
Um, and and you and you might be really frustrated because of that. Yeah. So yeah. so I could actually see people who are newer to games not enjoying mm-hmm. it yeah. because it's so punishing. Because um, I'm, I'm thinking of like my parent-in-laws and people that, that I, I'm looking for games like this to teach that are simple to teach, but that I know people that some of them, actually at least, at least my mother-in-law, she doesn't listen to this so I can talk about her. I love her to death. But she gets very frustrated when it's difficult to grasp the strategy behind mm-hmm. the game. And I could see her getting really frustrated in this game because it plays the wrong cube. You can't pick the cube back up. You can't change where the building is. You're just donezo. Dunskies. Um, Dunskies. I like that about it, but I but I guess I'm saying that as I'm rating it to say if you're if I'm thinking about it just as kind of a gateway game, something yeah. Yeah. Some people will grab hold of it, but some people will be frustrated about it. Yeah. I thought overall though, I enjoyed that it was quick. I enjoyed that I'm gonna be able to grab this off my shelf and just if my wife and I want to play a thirty minute game or so. I don't think the box has 45, but I think you can, depending on what's going on, you can be 30, 45 minutes or whatever. I enjoy that aspect of it. It didn't blow me out of the water, though, like some people. Like, when I listened to Jamie talk about how, I, I don't know, maybe it didn't blow him out of the water either. I just, I thought, I'm going to enjoy this game. Uh, it's going to stay in my collection for these quick games and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm not going to go home and be like, i got to play this right now. Let's play Tiny Towns. Mm-hmm. But if i got 30 minutes, let's play Tiny Towns. Yeah. 7 out of 10. Yeah. So it's still a good score. Oh, yeah. Very that's, good. That's great. I, I, I think, think it was good. I think we're real similar on this. It, I mean, we are. John gave it a 7, and I gave it a 7.5. For me, it bumped it up because I think the solo is just like that. Play along online is just such a cool That aspect. helped, too. Like, I almost gave yeah. it a 6.5, yeah. you know. But I, I think with that element of it, with the I can play a ton of people, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, just, it's a solid game. And, and let me one last point before we end it is that if you want a game that you can teach simply but that maybe you want to be challenged with thought tiny towns is going to give you that yeah that's why it went from that's the main reason went from six and a half to seven for me is that it i don't feel like i'm just playing a game that i'm doing a gatish way game just to teach some people but it's not challenging me like if i want to be selfish i enjoy that it's going to challenge me every time i play right right John, you can get this game online for about 30, 30 35 bucks, I think. Is it worth yeah. it? Is it worth it? I think it for me it's a it depends. If you want a quick game that gives you some strategy and honestly the, the price is cheap. It's, it's 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 you have a lot of um, things in the box I think for that yeah. price. Yeah. All those little uh, building uh, miniatures whatever. And they're just full in the box. I, I I enjoy that. If you're someone that wants, you know, some heavier games, more epic game you're not going to probably enjoy tiny towns if you're someone that likes games oh maybe like a john gonchon clever like i've mentioned earlier like that's quick that you can play solo if you like welcome Two, if you like games like that then i think yeah i mean it's it's i think it's a a, a good price so yeah. i'm gonna say it uh, depends yeah yeah i totally agree i i think I think that is the case. If you do like these games, I think it's totally worth it for sure. Yep, that's going to do it though. John is a 7. I'm a 7.5. And that is going to do it for episode number 14. John, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with us? Get in touch with Meepletown. Come on down to Meepletown. Go and sub to our YouTube channel. It's Meepletown, Meepletown Games on Instagram, Meepletown Games on Twitter, um, Board Game Geek Guild number 3407, and... Something else that I'm forgetting. Facebook. Yeah, we haven't done as much on the Facebooks. Um, Go and like us on Facebook. We need to get those likes up. And and rating our show on iTunes and stuff. 
or Stitcher or whatever you're on. Just again, we thank everyone who has done that. Really, it just it means the world to us to know that um, people are out there listening and enjoy our show. Yeah, absolutely, it definitely does. Um, sending us a, some messages to, to as in, as encouragement, uh, all that's really helpful. And you know, questions or anything like that you might have. That's gonna do it. So thanks for coming down to Meeple Town. Mm-hmm.